2: Hi, I'm Margaret Cho with Lutia, and I'm going to be on Better Together with Maria Meninos, and I'm so excited, so keep watching.
0: Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That's what we do here every single day. It is Thursday, February 18th, 2021, and our quote of the day is... Sometimes when we are generous in small, barely detectable ways, it can change someone else's life forever. That is from our guest today, Margaret Cho, and she is so right. If you think back in your life, sometimes it's the little stuff or that that offer for help where you're like, "Oh my god, someone's helping me in my time of need." Like I know, you know, even recently when my mom was coming home from the hospital and we our house was in disarray because it was, you know, being renovated and her handicap room was still not ready, technically. And I'm having, you know, a shit trying to figure out how I'm going to get everything ready. We also ready. had to
3: move them from one house to another.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on. Nice. And my friend Marcy was like, I'm coming over mm-hmm. with gloves and a mask and whatever it is you need, I can help you. And I was like... Really? And she came in and she was just like total beast mode. Like there was nothing too small, nothing too dirty, like just jumped in. And we hustled so hard and we did so much that we even got the tree up. And I'm just so grateful. And it really was life-changing for us because I was able to get my mom into a safe environment very quickly. Mm-hmm. And um, and for me, there's nothing more important, obviously, to me than my parents. And so, you know, so I, I love this quote. So for the one day
3: she gave you, right? I mean, think... One day. One day and how... Greatly that affected mm-hmm. you. And, Although you know,
0: there was a return, a couple returns to Target and exchanges. She had to go deal with the vacuum the next <laughs> day. There, were, Marcy jumped in a bunch here and there, but that one day was just life-changing for us in that moment. And so, so it was just
3: one act mm-hmm. that one anyone act. could do. Yeah, which yeah. is what Margaret was saying. So like, think of yeah. the impact that that had. And you now will also give that to someone else, which we've done in the past. Yeah. We've been the ones who've been called over to help people yeah. in those times. We
0: always jump. And so it was funny when we were talking about this this morning, and you were talking about our friend Kira. Twenty years ago, she was in having hard times. She was losing her house, and we were like, "All right, we'll come in, we'll take care of it, we'll clean it. Kevin's fixing it, mm-hmm. and we were going to do a yard sale." I crushed it. I sold all her items for like triple what she even paid for, made her a ton of money. And um, and you know, I realized in that moment, I was like, "Oh, okay, it was karma coming back to us." Mm-hmm. You know, you you help others, and you will get it in return. You don't do it for that reason, but it kind of hit me this morning. I was like, oh, okay. But for me, it was just the act of her saying, I know you're in a difficult time. How can I help? And I will be there. Like, you don't, this is not like one of those lame offers. Like, and if you need anything... So I'm very grateful for that. And I'm really excited for our conversation with Margaret Cho today. Of course, we're coming to you from the East Coast studio. Um, you know you know her from her iconic work in comedy and fashion, music, and so much more. So we're excited to get into it with her. But first, it's time for our Dunkin' Break. Break. So listen, guys, today we're chugging some robust <laughs> midnight blend. Dunkin' Coffee. Okay, it's a richer, intensely darkest, dark roast, yeah. right? With hints of chocolate. Mmm, chocolate. Mm. Socolata. I don't know how to say it in any other language. Chocolate. chocolate. There you go. Um, I sent that the first time you didn't hear me. I loved it. I heard you. Oh, okay. I was going to say, you and Kevin don't listen to me. I um, listen. It's a delicious. It's what did bold. You say? <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, Um, because uh, the Dunkin' Iced coffee yesterday was like crack to my brain and it felt so good. My dad this morning when he went out, he goes, Maria, do you want some coffee? And I go, can I get an iced coffee too? Just a small one.
1: (laughs) Just a, just two. I just need two to get Mm -hmm. me through the day.
3: Okay. Just four. Just four.
1: Listen,
0: (laughs) what are you going to do? Sometimes, you know, this is, this brings me joy and And it is just amazing. So uh, the Midnight Blend is part of the robust lineup of coffee options. Also the Explorer Batch. Um, I love my regular brew, but this is so much fun. And I've really enjoyed all of them. Yeah. I really have. You have. You really have. And I'm very honest, if I don't like it, I'm not gonna
1: <laughs> I can tell immediately by your face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so guys, order ahead on the app. America runs on Duncan, so does better together. Cause me and Duncan are definitely better together by evidence of yesterday's show. Which by the way, me drugging myself up the last two nights has been really good for my mental health.
1: Great. I love to hear that.
0: Well, little CBD action and not and not my nerdy like just take a little nibble just go for the whole gummy has really been helpful because i am waking up less even though i woke up last night and the stars outside i woke up and i saw something I go is that a ufo and um and it was just, I got up and looked. Kelsey, I almost woke you up at 2.30 in the morning. I oh, almost. You're talking in the middle of the night. I almost woke you up. The stars were like massive zits in the sky. They were huge. you have to say zits, Marie? Honey, yeah, it was like, it was huge. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know why that was the word that came to my mind. Listen, <laughs> we'll talk about all this stuff in the chat after our conversation with Margaret. But man, it was amazing. So let's get to it. Our guest today. Emmy nominated Margaret Cho is more than a celebrity. She's more than an artist, more than a survivor, social advocate, and entrepreneur. Margaret Cho is an iconic pioneer and leader, and not for one cause or talent, but many. She's an author, writer, producer, musician, comedian, actress, and fashion designer, amongst so many talents. She's also a brave blessing and inspiration to her race, her ethnicity, her orientation, her gender, her country, to fellow survivors and even to Hollywood. To the latter... As far as show business goes, Margaret Cho was literally four days. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, It's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. Decades ahead of her time. Thankfully, for all our sakes, she remains a force in our industry and in life better together and the heel squad could be more excited to welcome you margaret cho thank you for being here with us today
2: thank you wow what an introduction i, <laughs> I mean i as, as soon as i start talking it's like she loves this lip gloss so lucia catarina lip, lip gloss lucia Caterina. she's from a high kill shelter can you imagine a high kill oh, shelter I in know. los angeles I I mean, she was on dog death row.
0: I think she's kissing you as she was hearing everything. She was like, yeah, that's my mom. That's my mom.
2: (laughs) (laughs) She's really proud. Um, I had a a, many, many years ago, I had another dog who um, was uh, read by a pet psychic. And the pet psychic told me that the dog had seen me on TV and he thought I was a singer because they don't understand what stand up comedy is. (laughs) So he was like, "My mom's famous. She's a famous singer."
0: Oh, that's (laughs) amazing! Which is very cute. (laughs) Oh, I know. Pets—they're everything. And and your 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 pets are adorable. I love your hairless cats. I want one so bad.
2: They're so cute. They're like running. They're like uh, I built like this cat highway around the living room and dining room. So they just run all the way around like it's it's really good. It's good to have two actually because they really tire each other out.
0: Do you have hairless cats because you're allergic to them?
2: No, no. I um I'm just obsessed with the breed. I think they're so interesting and um they're actually like I I love hairless cats and then I love the lycoy which is the werewolf cat. Which is part hairless. They have like kind of a um, a little bit of hair on their face, but they really look like a um, a werewolf, but like a '60s werewolf, like a old Hammer Hollywood werewolf. Oh like God, the, I gotta um, look this up. Old, old like black and white movies, like horror films, and they're really amazing. So um, they're they're from a genetic mutation that's found in colonies of feral cats so oh, they're wow.
0: real werewolves. I'm going to look that up. You know, as yeah. I was doing my research for uh our chat, I saw somewhere that you talk to animals and I'm like that's my girl. I talk to animals too and people think I'm a whack okay. a doodle, okay. but I I think also for me Kevin's always said my husband has always said because I grew up not speaking the language. My my first language was Greek. You know, Mm -hmm. animals were my only friend, like they couldn't communicate technically, I couldn't. So we communicated and I just understand them and they understand me.
2: Right. It's very important. I mean, I speak Korean to my dog and cats and um, they help me practice. One of my cats is deaf. So she tells the other cat what I'm saying. It's really (laughs) cute. I love it. But where do you think...
0: Why do you think you have such a connection with animals and and that you feel that you can talk to them and they understand you? Because it's, it's a real thing.
2: Yeah, I think that when you're, um, you know, like growing up pretty lonely, like I grew up pretty latchkey kid. Like that's my era in the 70s and 80s. We didn't really have babysitters or um, after school like uh you know, places we could go to hang out. Like we didn't have a peach pit or anything like Beverly Hills, 90210. We just had, um, our house. And so kind of being alone was really my normal state. And so then, um, I would talk to like the neighborhood cats and I had a dog when I was really young. And so it just seemed like the right thing. I think when you're like used to isolation, it's very much, um, an important thing to have a friend, whether that's um, somebody you could talk to on the phone or an animal.
0: Yeah. I had a bird my dad caught on the fence of our yard, like one of those little blue parakeets you get at the pet store. And we called him pee pee. But I didn't know what that meant. So when I finally could speak English in school and I would say, oh, I have a bird named pee pee, people would make such fun of me. Because I didn't know what pee pee meant. (laughs) But he was my best friend and I told him all my problems and all my secrets and, you know, they're just so special. And I do think that, you know, when you, um, when you don't feel understood or you, you know, you do have that, you know, lonely quality, animals are just the greatest because they love you unconditionally.
2: Absolutely. Like, and it's, it's really, um. It, it's like a two-way street, you know. You're taking care of them, and they're taking care of you. And the gifts that I've gotten from animals in terms of mental health and, and joy and company, it's really unmatched. Okay, Sakura hates being held, but here's Sakura. Oh she's deaf. Oh my god, she's such a beauty. She's and so little. Sarang, Sarang is Sarang. Loves the computer because it's warm. Oh, she doesn't <laughs> want to be held. They're like in their. They're in their game. They're in their game mode. So they're like running.
0: I love it. I yes. love it. Well, you know, you we have so much to kind of get into with you and you've had such an incredible career and you've changed so many people's lives and it definitely wasn't easy getting there. Um when you look back at your journey, you know, I'm sure you have so many different feelings that pop up. I mean, I I think of the current climate we're in now where executives who, you know, did the sorts of things they did to you or being outed, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, how do you kind of reconcile the feelings of what was done to you then, you know, when you had the first, um, you know, sitcom on the air, you know, documenting, you know, what a Korean family was like and
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and the things they said to you then, which you can share with everybody yes. here. And now kind of feeling like oh well people that's not allowed anymore like wouldn't that have been
2: fucking nice back then <laughs> I know it's crazy yeah I was told that I was too fat to be on television and too fat to play myself which is like a really crazy thing to think about <laughs> like you're you're too fat to be you it's really weird and yet um, I'm so uh, excited because nowadays that kind of thing is really unacceptable like sexist comments, sexual harassment, which I really endured so much of in the 90s, is just not tolerated. And I'm so grateful that people have social media where they can come out and call people out and really aren't afraid to, which that's the most important part because I think if you were in entertainment in um, the 90s, we were just in this culture of fear where we couldn't speak up about anything. And it was really run by these gatekeepers, which are now a lot of them are in prison. A lot of them are, you know, what, you know, like in my era, it was all about Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein, mm-hmm. you know, and now they're in prison. So it's a really important thing. It's, it's a great example for people to see that when you um, endure and you can um, talk about what's happened, then you can really change things. And I, I feel like this is really an amazing thing. And I'm I'm just really one like it's a wonderful thing to be able to see.
0: Yeah. I forget who it was that we were speaking to recently. Um we had an actress on recently who was like it's so nice to go to set now and know that people can't do this anymore.
1: Megan Good. Oh Megan oh, Good God, yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, it's really important. And I know um You know, I, I had, I, you know, I, I understand that feeling of like, I had to deal with a lot of toxicity and and cruelty and you just have to keep your mouth shut because otherwise you'll Mm -hmm. be blackballed from the business. You will never work again. You can't say anything. And, you know, a lot of people just get ill (laughs) holding all of that in.
2: Yes. We didn't realize that we had the power to change things by speaking up. And now it's really um, younger people taking the lead and older people telling their stories so that they feel seen, older people feel like, oh, we were there. We know what happened. And then younger people don't have to go through it. And then we can all benefit, you know. And, And so I'm really glad. I think that before they really, especially women, they really pit, older women against younger women we we were separated and divided so that we were like there's only so much to go around and this idea that there was somehow lack of work and lack of the spotlight so we couldn't all be seen so we were always like somewhat like at war with each other and that's not right you Mm -hmm. know women belong together
0: yeah I mean when you think of the people that hurt you along your journey in this business, are they still in power? Any of them? No.
2: <laughs> Guess who's still no. standing. Yes. Sorry
0: for everyone's so eardrums. That's,
2: really, that's a really great uh, thing, you know, and and that we can endure, and um, we can and we can really thrive. So that's that's my motto, and my greatest satisfaction too is seeing people. Oh my god! This kitty is like this cat. She hates being held, but I have to show you. <laughs> this kitty, she pulls oh down my the camera. God, I love now her. She can oh, see me. My. Oh, see so they're fighting. This is like an animal. That's it's, like it's, my it's heaven like an realm. Right animal now. kingdom here. Um, but you know, like my greatest satisfaction is seeing people like Ali Wong and Aquafina really. Just taking over show business where, you know, they were really inspired by me. And so that's probably the, the best thing that I can see and the, the thing that gives me the most joy.
0: Yeah, I, I equate it to kind of like The Wizard of Oz. It's one of my favorite movies. Well, it's my number one favorite movie. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like I had a friend who used to say, all the monsters on your yellow brick road are gone, Maria. And I've watched the same thing where they just Mm -hmm. one by one just fade away and and kind of their power. It's like the Burgermeister in Santa Claus is coming to town. The Burgermeister falls and.
2: Right. Gosh, it's really ironically painful, too, that Judy Garland never got to witness that. Mm -hmm. You know, because, you know, when I think about Judy Garland's story, as she was really um, attacked and, and criticized for her weight when she was you know, just a kid Mm -hmm. and having to grow up with that and be in Hollywood with all of that talent, yet that feeling that she couldn't have control of anything. And she's, of course, that's her big, that's the biggest movie that everybody thinks about. And then, then her, it really defines her over the rainbow really defines her. And yet she was never able to be in the era where we were. All
0: right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Kind of snacks I used to use, where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them, and I feel safer. Um, plus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over ten percent of your daily value. That's crazy, guys! So, if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of wonderful pistachios. You're gonna love them.
2: Able to take charge and and really see that none of those monsters are real.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's a great um great analogy. You know, you you've pushed and you fought and your your second book was like I I I stand and fight. What was the title? It was like I I uh, <laughs> I
2: I will stay here and fight or something like that. I will stay here and remember.
0: fight. Yeah. And I got the chills because it takes a lot to want to fight. It's a lot easier. Sometimes I I know for me I went into my turtle shell to heal. I was just mm-hmm. like, I can't, I can't, I can't. Yeah. I can't. You have to. So, where yeah. did you get the courage to to stand up and fight and keep voicing your opinions and being so active?
2: Well, I think um, performing and doing stand up comedy is my safe place because there's witnesses. So, you know, that's the most important thing. It's like, I realize that I'm hurt most when I'm isolated. So I always seek to find that witness, whether it's an animal or whether it's a comedy club or a theater where I can really speak my truth and be seen. And there is like a lot of healing in that. So and of course, I love to hide, but I like to hide in plain sight. So (laughs) those things can go both ways. You know, in hiding in plain sight, you can also do a lot of damage to yourself because everybody thinks, oh, she's fine. You know, and that secrecy of, like, those problems that I've had over the years, which is addiction, um, eating disorders, uh, all of those things that are really self-harm, you know, that those scars don't necessarily show on the outside. And they can be hidden very easily to a point. But it's really, um, so for me, like, it's really about having witnesses and being very truthful in everything that I do. So,
0: how did you, and I mean, it's funny because I'm watching you talk right now, and I have known you throughout the years. I've seen you interviewed. I've all everything. Like, I've, I feel like I've, um, I've never seen you seem so happy and so at peace than you are right now in this moment.
2: <laughs> That's great. Thank you. I think it's, um, 50. 50 has been really good to me. 51 is really good. 52 is really good. Um, Living alone is really good. Um, You know, I got into an age where I really understand how brief life is. Mm -hmm. And you have to appreciate it every moment. Because I was 12, it seems like yesterday. And now I'm 52. And, you know, 40 years have gone by almost in a heartbeat. And you just really have to slow it down for yourself internally and treat every day like it's summer vacation. You know, like when we were kids, summer vacation seemed like an eternity. Mm -hmm. But now um, you really realize it's just a blink of an eye. And so I think age has really made me appreciate um, where I come from and what I've been able to do and how I've seen the world change. And so I'm really glad for that.
0: So when you look back at the difficulties that you went through in your life, how do you look back on them now at, at your age now?
2: Um, I really look at them as ways that I can share uh, with others how I've survived. And also it's helped me um, create in my work, whether that's um, comedy or music or even like in an aesthetic design perspective. Like you see um, how things have educated you to be a better artist and You know, I'm also sober and that's really helped me a lot because when you're looking at everything with a clear mind and a clear eyes like that, what is that? Friday night lights, Mm -hmm. (laughs) clear eyes, whatever, open heart, can't lose, something like that. It's a very um, wonderful way to look at life and you can help others along the way. And so it's just, I've done a lot of good, I think, um, for myself with my lifestyle and with my outlook.
0: When you think about everything that happened, whether it was the bullying, the um, abuse, the sexual harassment, the, even the rape, what was the key to healing from it? Like, what did you do here on this show every day? We're trying to get better in all areas of life and we have a lot mm-hmm. of healers. We have a lot of spiritual gurus. We have a lot of different thought leaders in here helping us a lot with, you know, overcoming traumas. And so right. I'm always curious, um, have you gotten over them? And if you have, what was the key?
2: Well, I think what it is, is that you get in a thought loop. And when trauma happens, we replay it over and over. And um, so it reali- it I realized that it's just a pattern of thinking, oh, she's experiencing some trauma right now. <laughs> <laughs> the cat's gonna come up here. Um, it's like, I, love a horror movie like I do like like werewolf cats I love scary movies and I realize and I love that and like true crime podcasts and any kind of true crime like ID mm-hmm. TV all that stuff and I realize it's because it's the only time I can relax because I'm not worrying because the trauma is happening to somebody else on the screen and it's usually like fake or replayed but it's relaxing it's super weird like I'm like oh that's why I love these terrible things Because my mind can stop obsessing about what if it happens to me.
0: Holy shit. That's an interesting um, observation because I always wonder why I love watching true crime and MSNBC Mm -hmm. lockup. I love prison shows and 60 Days In, if you haven't watched 60 Days In, it's so good. Um,
2: Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh,
0: my God. It's like total, total normal civilians choose to go to jail for 60 days. And it's insane. Um, so, so I'm always fascinated by why. And I feel like for me, first of all, it's a world that I hope I'm never in. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But second of all, for me, I feel like having endured different traumas in my life, I want to know what they're thinking and I want to know how to get out of shit. And the more I study and the more I watch, then I'll never get hurt. Again. right
2: <laughs> it's the same thing yeah it's the same thing because it's like this relief it's almost like um a meditation and um there is actually a tibetan meditation that corresponds with it it's about um being in hell and you meditate that you're in hell without reaction and all of the worst things that are happening are happening now and to have no reaction it's a kind of training to deal with life. And people say, Oh, don't be negative. Th- that's not the way to do it. But actually negativity can be a kind of healing. Like I love heavy metal music. I love like really loud rock and roll. I love, um, fake blood. I love, uh, punching and kicking in movies. I don't like it in real life, but I, but well, I do like it in like TV, you know, when you're once removed from it, it's like a very, um, I think it's something that for me, it really helps me process all of the terrible things. And it makes me sort of like excise them. It's like an exorcism in a way.
0: Wow. Um, I know, Kev, you had a a follow-up that you wanted to jump in on.
2: Hi, hi,
3: Margaret. I just, there's so many people who suffer from traumas and you said something about a thought loop and, Mm -hmm. and, and playing that over and over. I, I don't know. That just really struck me. Can you talk about a thought loop that, that, comes uh, in terms of a trauma and then you know what what do you do to stop that loop
2: it's like when you realize you're on a treadmill it's it and it's actually feel instead it feels more like a versa climb i hate the versa climb which is a serious like a 90s like machine it's like an elliptical but it's upwards i think madonna had one (laughs) and it's like um you can't stop climbing up that mountain you can't stop being in fear that this thing is going to happen. So you're always in that fight or flight. And, um, I actually did some therapy around all of my traumas, which really helped, which is EMDR, which is a really weird one with paddles and lights.
0: I've done it. Yeah. We've actually talked about it on the show with an expert. It's amazing.
2: It's amazing. And it's very simple, but also very complex because the brain is so complex, but it really responds to simplicity. And, um, It's almost like when I break out the laser pointer with my cats, I can stop a fight because suddenly their light is moving their eyes. And it's like this thing of like, oh, it's just like EMDR, but for my animals. And that's just sort of the same thing that I do when I am in that therapy is that that light stops my focus on whatever is happening in my head, this thought loop. Of like terror or the scene that I'm replaying of like terror and the what if it really helps me break out of it
0: so does it ever go away or is it just better
2: it's better yeah it's better it it goes away and in a way that I'm holding on to the knowledge that I have from it and I can use that to share with other people and share that story it's not like amnesia where it's gone but it also
0: to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz-free, up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way T H E O U A I dot com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way. T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it.
2: Has no emotional charge, which is better than amnesia because then it's a story that's in my Encyclopedia Britannica. You know, I have my <laughs> Leather-bound Encyclopedia Britannica of my experience in life, and it's now it's up to the YZ part. I have the whole collection, or mine is more like a Time Life um, supernatural collection hmm. with UFOs and like murder yeah. and the spontaneous human combustion. It's all there, and so it's like all of that I can use to help and talk and do any kind of like sharing. But at the same time, it doesn't have the emotional charge, like the squirrel outside has for the chia.
0: Hey! (laughs) Those dang little squirrels. Um, (laughs) What's helped you get sober?
2: Um, I just realized it was a really damaging thing. And I uh, had an intervention also. I realized it, but before I realized it, my uh, friends and family realized it, and they... Invited me to a birthday party, a surprise birthday party, which I didn't want to go to and I wasn't going to go to. And they basically just said, you have to come or else it's really going to be bad. They're going to be really disappointed. And then I went and it wasn't it wasn't a surprise party. It was a surprise intervention. Wow! So it was really um, it was about six years ago. But the I've been involved in the community of s- sober people for like 25 years. So it's an ongoing thing. Like addiction is something that you revisit. Like you you kind of if you fall away from it and then now I realize it's like these tides of sanity that come in and come out and you have to have a really conscious effort to keep it up which now I do because I realize you know at best I probably have 50 years left. So I'd like the next 50 to be a little calmer <laughs> than the first 15. So that's my, that's my, you know, I think that's the only wisdom that I think is really, really essential. Everything else can go out the window. That is really important. So
0: they they did the intervention. How did you feel when you figured it out? I was so
2: mad, but they let me drink a whole bottle of wine in the car on the way to rehab. Oh, and they gave me a joint. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're, you're partying. This is your goodbye. <laughs> I was
2: drinking a bottle of a thirty five dollar bottle of Pinot Noir, um, go, r- riding up in the car uh, up to uh, my rehab. I wasn't driving, but uh, I uh, was taken there and I was there with a lot of people who didn't make it. You know, rehab is really like a hospice in a lot of ways. Because people um, can sort of like just die. I mean, addiction, alcoholism and drug addiction, it's really uh, terminal. If you don't actively pursue treatment for some or actively pursue a way out of it. And um, it has nothing to do with the substance. It's really all about thinking and being in that thought loop. Wow. So I um, realized how my uh, thinking and the way that I process that is really um destructive and if I can move move out of the destruction then it can be really positive
0: yeah did you ever work with Dr. Drew at all
2: yes yes um I worked with him um in a couple of different things um and he's he's wonderful I mean I think he's a really amazing teacher and an amazing just an amazing doctor an amazing guy um and so I really, yeah, I, I really admire him.
0: Yeah. I just remembered because he's, you know, he that's his, like, jam is helping people get sober. Um yeah. I think um, when you think of, like, did you harbor a lot of anger for the things that happened to you? And how did you release that?
2: Yeah. Um, Yes. I think it's really EMDR helped. I think therapy helped. I think writing helped. I think my arts really helped. I think surviving helps. I mean when you outlive everybody or everybody is sort of like not kind of in the same business anymore. I mean, it's like you, and you realize the futility of enemies Mm. because they really sap your energy for no reason, you know, because it's, it's like, you know, breaking out of that rage is, because rage is just as poisonous, you know, I think it can really hurt us as well. So there's a lot of different things that helped me get out of it, which is like therapy and talk therapy and EMDR and um, just making a very conscious effort to get out of depression. Um, I also exercise in a way that is really hard because that's the one thing, like I've tried like um, medication uh, for my depression, but really the one thing that helps is exercise which sucks
0: (laughs) what do you like (laughs) to do
2: I um do like heavy walking with this dog she has boundless energy and I just that's it like crazy like uphill walking which is like ironic too because it's like the the metaphor for my depression is sort of walking uphill but that's sort of all I do with the dogs and that really helps
0: I love that I love that yeah getting out all of the like the endorphins coming in is also good for you. It's like a different kind of high too.
2: Yeah. And it's the one thing that really, if I don't do it, I really miss it. And I feel it mentally. It has some good effects in like the way that I feel, but it, it it's also like more of a mental thing.
0: Yeah. Do you meditate? Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes. I have um, like different, practices that I've done I've fallen away from that it's hard to keep it up sometimes for I me know. because I get very like oh, yeah like this is dumb but then I really love it you know and I need it
0: yeah I feel like I'm not consistent with a lot of things and but I but we had an expert on the show one time that was like it's okay to not be consistent but like mm-hmm. reach for the things when you need them And I think that when I need them, it helps me so much. Like if I could be more consistent, I'm sure the results would be wonderful. But, you know, when you're going through, you know, like for me right now, my mom has been like really ill, trying to be consistent with my meditation just has been exhausting and Mm -hmm. hard. Like you just can't always. So I think we have to have a little bit more compassion for ourselves when we can't be
2: perfect about my
0: routine. (laughs)
2: Because it doesn't have to be like con- nothing. We're not consistent in anything. It, it's like the way that we live isn't consistent. Mm-hmm. And meditation can take a lot of different forms. Sometimes I'll just watch a nice black and white movie, um, which is like a, like a Fritz Lang movie, like Big Heat or even um, Casablanca. Because mm-hmm. I know what's going to happen. And it's a nice thing to just like let the lights flicker. And again, it's sort of like a calming thing. Um, I think black and white film is really underrated as something that can be a meditation unto itself because it's like, you don't, it doesn't involve you as much. Um, somehow it's emotional, but it's not as like, um, dramatic, even though it can be dramatic. Mm -hmm. So that helps me a lot.
0: I know that you and Kelsey had a conversation about being single and how liberated you feel. And I'd love for you to share that with people because we definitely live in a society that's like, you know, very geared towards like you have to find your partner in life and all of that. And Mm -hmm. you never get to hear people who are like, I'm really happy being single. I've never heard that, actually. I love it.
2: I mean, I um, think that it's what I've wanted my entire life. And I really didn't know. Um, and it's something that, you know, I was married for 12 years. I've been in a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of relationships and live with a lot of different people. And I've never been at peace in them. And finally, being alone and living alone for the last six, seven years has been really well with these animals. <laughs> these animals. Hey.
0: Lucia's like, um, I'm here. I'm here, mom. You're not alone.
2: She does it doesn't want to sit with me but yet she's like wants to look out the window and bark at squirrels um but living alone like like being able to eat what I want watch what I want do what I want sleep in the middle of the bed going on vacation alone when we were able to travel was the best I went to Japan and um Korea on my own and it felt so beautiful I went to yeah China Japan and Korea by myself and it felt so healing and so wonderful and just to be like in a beautiful onsen in Japan by myself and, you know, like sleep in the middle of the futon or sleep in the middle of a huge king size bed at home, like, and just eat standing up, watch two minutes of a dumb TV show, (laughs) two minutes of every TV show. It's really fun. I think not having to negotiate Mm -hmm. any aspect of life when you walk in the door, except for the ones of the animals,
0: Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Mine is the sweet chili. Back to the interview now. <laughs> I, I, you have to see what's happening. Oh see? my God, I love them. Look at They're their all- like... Lucia's like, they're all wanting to play with her.
2: Yeah. They're just all like, they all love that little area because I put like UV um, things on the windows so they can sit in the window, like in the sun. I want, I'm like so like crazy about the sun. Like you can't have any sun exposure. So there's like UV like screening on the windows so they can lay in the sun. Oh,
0: <laughs> you're such a good mom.
2: Well, they they hate me too sometimes because I brush all of their teeth and they get so mad. Everybody's <laughs> mad for like five minutes after I brush their teeth because you have to brush their teeth
0: every day. Every day you brush their <laughs> teeth. Oh my lord! Yeah, they hate me. That's a lot. But only
2: for five minutes. But then <laughs> the, ta- the the toothpaste tastes like chicken, so they don't. Then they realize they're that so they're not as mad.
0: Oh, that's so funny! But I brush
2: their teeth every day because my I've had chihuahuas. Um, for many years and they always have tooth problems mm-hmm. until I started brushing their teeth. And then they, they live longer because um, they can eat like more like roughage and stuff. And yeah. cause I've had the other chihuahuas that I've had, had the, had to have a lot of teeth removed and it was real painful for them. And so um, it's very um, yeah. Well, also
0: what people don't realize is, and it's not just for canines, it's for humans too. So much disease starts in the mouth, you know, so you have to really be good with your, your oral hygiene because. It's so true. Yeah. Um, We watched Over the Moon last night.
2: Oh, good. Yes. It's a beautiful movie. And
0: we loved it. And um, we sang along, even though we didn't know the songs. <laughs> it was like we a massive... We were really good. <laughs> we were insane last night. It was so fun. We kind of really needed the release, and it was mm-hmm. so beautiful. Um, and, um, you know, it's an animated movie, so you guys probably didn't even get to work with each other. But Ken Jeong's in it, Sandra Oh, John Cho. Um mm-hmm. So was it was it like that where you guys just had individual sessions?
2: We all had individual sessions and um yet uh Ken and I uh worked together. I mean John and I've worked together before. Ken and I have worked together many 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 times over the years and we Ken and I did the press junkets for it and it was really really <laughs> so fun. Oh my god. You have this stuff. <laughs> Why she's going? She's going crazy because the dogs outside are going crazy. Um, but it's a beautiful movie, and that was um, one of the most exciting things to do because it was like we're in this quarantine now, and so I mean we did the um, voice recording like almost a year and a half ago or two years ago. But the the press junkets were really fun because it was just me and Ken. But it's a really beautiful. It's a beautiful film and it's the first big Asian American animated feature.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We really enjoyed it. So if you guys haven't seen that, that is on Netflix right now. Um, are you, what? what's your kind of take on comedy right now?
2: I think it's really interesting because there's so much um, like, well, the the reality of comedy right now is nobody's doing comedy nobody can go out and do it. I mean, there's very limited things that people do. I mean, I know that the big stars like, you know, Dave Chappelle and uh, Joe Rogan, they can do these like shows, but then they also have to shut them down because, you know, it's like COVID is very real and it's unfortunate because laughing is really dangerous. Mm -hmm. So until we all get vaccinated, it's something that we just have to sort of wait on. Um, I've done a lot of comedy shows online. I just did one on Valentine's Day. Um, so streaming has been interesting because it's a different way of doing comedy, but I do I do enjoy it. and I think that it's something that we'll have to embrace for a while. But the co- comedy right now is like even before the lockdown was really experiencing a lot of people getting canceled. That's been a trend for a few years. And I think cancel culture is something that comedians really hate. But I think it just makes you a better comedian because it makes you more nuanced and more focused on getting your message across without uh, being hurtful, Mm. without punching down. You know, I think that it really does improve the quality of what we're trying to say. And it makes you more thoughtful about what you're going to do. I I do think that um, people should be able to... uh, You know, rise above things and be just better, you know, just we just have to be more conscious of where we are in society, where our privilege is, where our privileges lie and where our biases lie. So we can be more active about um, educating ourselves in the proper way to speak to people. And so it's something that I think is really valuable for comedy, although a lot of comedians aren't going to say that, Um, Oh, but I do have a lot of compassion, too, for comedians who have endured that, you know, have had problems and who have had to sort of find a way to rise above it. And And I think that it's really I think it's important, you know, sometimes because when you're up on stage, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, like you'll just say things and you're not even thinking about it. But now we have to be much more conscious, which I think is valuable.
0: Who do you have in mind when you think about
2: it? I think of Gilbert Gottfried.
0: <laughs> did he get in trouble I recently
2: love yes he was the athletic duck yeah <laughs> and he got uh, is it a goose or a duck he got um fired because he was making some i can't remember what he was exactly making jokes about uh, maybe it was a tsunami it was on twitter and it was uh making jokes about the tsunami or, or something like that and he got in trouble and i felt so bad because he is not Gilbert Gottfried. is the most funny, beautiful person. Like he's a really beautiful, gentle man. And he's so sweet. And so I think that some of his like, I think Aflac was like a Japanese company or it's a its parent company Japanese. So it was like a very like controversial thing. It was one of the first big cancellations that I remember. And, um, that was really heartbreaking because like, Oh, you don't know, you don't know. Um, Another cancellation, for, which was actually historical, was Jackie Mason when he performed on the Oscars, I think in the 80s. And it was really like, he was doing a lot of very edgy comedy, I think. And it was very taken very poorly by the audience. And here's a very legendary comedian who um, was talking, I think, about his Jewishness, but the audience was so afraid of any kind of like, identity comedy, you know, that was something that was very monitored. And and we've always had like a problem with it. But comedians are naturally outsiders. And so we have to accept that point of view. Um, Comedy and laughter comes out of um, a need to overcome and a need to process fear and sadness and shame and all these things, because laughter is hope. And when you laugh Mm. at something, it's like the first start of getting over whatever that pain is. So I think it's important to recognize like we can like laugh at things that are inappropriate. The darkest humor uh, comes from first responders, actually, people who have seen the worst of life. And so we can we can actually like joke about things that are terrible to heal from it.
0: Yeah, I do it every day. I I tell everyone with my mom and with my dad right now dealing with, um, you know, my mom has uh, stage four brain cancer and we've been dealing with a lot lately. And I'm like, I will crack whatever joke is necessary to get us to laugh. Yeah, That's it.
2: Yeah. It's very important because it's intake of breath. It's an affirmation of being alive and it's really, really important to do.
0: Yeah. Um, what else did I want to ask you? Oh, do you have a favorite comic right now?
2: I uh, will always love Wanda Sykes. It's always my favorite. Mm. I also <laughs> really love Pig um, Notaro. Mm-hmm. I just just really always fall apart laughing at her. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I love Bowen Yang, actually, who's on um, SNL. He's amazing. Like, there's so many great comedians. Um, I think that there's just like this wonderful way to enjoy comedy as well, um, through podcasts, through um, YouTube, through Mm -hmm. Twitter, through Instagram. There's so many people. So I really I'm really lucky. Oh, Michelle Buteau. Have you seen Kevin uh, Hart's special?
0: Kevin Hart's special he did at his house?
2: Oh, I have to see it. I love him. I was actually working with him um, sort of right before we, he sort of ramped up doing more comedy. And so I, I really adore him. He's a, he's a great guy.
0: Would you ever do a comedy special from your house?
2: Well, I've done them um, online so far. So yes, <laughs> I would love to.
0: I think that'd be fun. Lucia could like be the hostess with the mostest.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's like a really good MC. Except, unless, except when they're squirrels, so it'd have to be at night. I
0: love it. I love it. Um, you know, when you see all the all the crazy news about um, different celebrities in the news right now, does it make you like? Are you trained to go for the joke when you hear about you know whether it's the Army Hammers or the Marilyn Mansons or any of these people that are in the news right now? Are you trained to think of what the joke is, or how does your mind? process that information
2: well with like with Marilyn, it's hard because evan is a a friend um rose is a friend dita is a friend and i'm like oh my god these women are amazing for coming forward that they had been in such pain i mean dita has a different take on it but definitely evan is horrible like you know it's like it's very very sad to me um and it's also sad because I like Marilyn as an artist. So it's something that I didn't really understand or know. And, and yet, um, you know, it's, it's and army, army. And I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) That is really like a, that whole thing is so bizarre. And I think that um, because I'm also very, interested in the kink community. Last year, I hosted um, the Folsom Street Fair, which is the largest um, BDSM festival in the world. And so edgy sex is something that I'm very familiar with. But um, the way that uh, he's being talked about or way that he was sort of being framed in it really wasn't exactly the right way because it's not about the edgy sex. It's the non-consent. You know, that it's a kind of violence to um, have your desire be so overbearing onto somebody else's. And I think that's what the uh, people that were complaining or upset about in, in those instances with him was really the wrong thing. It has to do more with um, his uh, ignoring the act, there's the absence of consent. That was really the problem other than the sort of the weirdness of the kink, which the kink is weird. I mean, I I'm like around that and I hadn't heard of cannibalism. As thing It's a weird thing. But I think that also if you think about it, well, like it's more vampirism and vampires have been classically a sexy monster. You know, we love the sexiness of vampires from Bella Lugosi. It's like a, a very. Um, natural thing to eroticize. So I think if you just take cannibalism as sort of one step beyond that, it's similar. Um, but, like, with the lack of consent, then it becomes a real problem. So, so much of that is really clouded by the sensationalism and the lurid press around it, the sort of clickbaity quality of the story. So much is ignored, though, because it's the women's refusal, like, to accept not being heard which i think is really good you know they're like he didn't hear us mm. so we're going to make him hear us by sharing this and i think that's really valuable and a valuable lesson for everyone but it's also something that i think it's like the the distraction i i don't know it's like society doesn't understand the real problem the real problem is he wasn't listening to these women when they were saying we don't want to do this
0: yeah 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 I mean, I, I just wonder what goes through, like, comedians' minds when, like, there's, there's news like this. That's why I was asking, I'm like, do you start to think of, like, do you process news in that way where you're processing it as, like, as Margaret? Or are you processing it as a comedian and thinking where is kind of the the material yeah, it's hard. Here. yeah
2: where the line is it's yeah. like when when i first heard about the army hammer story i'm like oh i guess we're never gonna go to buffalo wild wings together like it's a very oh my like,
0: <laughs> I'm choking on my
2: not going to chili's with him like it's very <laughs> much a very strange kind of thing oh my like God. Do you, i mean it's like do you use a south carolina mustard based sauce or do you like the, the original <laughs> you know, tangy, southern stuff. Like, it's a very weird um, point of view to, like, come from because you want to make jokes about it, but it's actually a terrible thing. Like, that he is, like, not um, working within the parameters of true relationship, which is all about consent. Yeah. I think anything that happens with consent is, is really, it's actually fine. Anything that happens in the realm of fantasy in terms of sex It's fine as long as you're not harming somebody, but he was doing harm by not listening to what they needed. So there's a lot of ways to be abusive. It's not always physical. It can be definitely with words. And so, you know, it's, it's something that it's like very, it's a very deep issue that, you know, as an abuse survivor, as a rape survivor, you come from it, like, you know, I can I can see this as traumatic or it can be triggering mm-hmm. for people who have survived that.
0: So with like a Marilyn Manson, you said you're a fan of his music. Are you going to have trouble listening to him now? How do you handle that? I,
2: don't think I can. I don't think I can. You know, yeah. it's like a, I'm so now I'm just reminded of these awful things mm-hmm. and that. You know, that's really a sad thing. It's like not being able to watch Woody Allen movies, which I really used to love. It's really sad. Mm-hmm. That's been a long time coming. You know, I, I think that my mom would not allow any of like oh, the Woody Allen. Oh, I can't. <laughs> she was so <laughs> upset about Sun Yi many many years ago. Yeah, like thirty years ago, she was like super super, super upset about it. So. She was like the first to cancel Woody Allen. Can I watch, I I wouldn't, I don't want to watch Andy Hall. Can't watch Andy (laughs) Hall.
0: Oh my God. You know, it also makes me wonder. So obviously Britney Spears' documentary came out recently. Did you watch the documentary?
2: Yes, I
0: loved it. I thought it was really great. What did you feel knowing that, um, you know, she was kind of the, but of so many jokes back then. And then Craig Ferguson, Mm -hmm. I mean, I get the chills. He was like, why are we making fun of someone who's hurting and suffering? And, you know, tell me where your head is at with all of that.
2: He's right. I mean, Craig is really, I know Craig socially as well. Craig is really amazing. He is a long time sober guy too. And just somebody who really is so empathetic and compassionate for other people, which is actually pretty rare in entertainment. And, you know, it's really it's really amazing that he would do that because it was not a popular view at that time. I mean, Britney was sort of like this routine joke that people would crack about because it was also the way it was framed in society. And it was also the culture of, paparazzi and these stars who you didn't have a sense of social media now sort of democratizes um, celebrity in a way that everybody's really accessible that you can slide into everybody's DMS and you can all talk to each other. But back then that was sort of the last era of a real separation between famous and everybody else. And so you had this thing of like, there's a crack in the way that celebrity is. And it was, This acknowledgement that, oh, my God, celebrities are people. And it was like people were really enraged by that and also delighted because they were like, this is like a a large scale bullying situation,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: you know. And so um, it was a very uh, I when I was watching it play out. I wanted to shave my head. I actually did shave my head. I have shaved my head, which I really love. Um, which I may do again, cause I love these cats. So I might shave my head this summer. It's a little cold, cold now, but, um, I think that it was something that I recognized. It's like, Oh, I've been there. I've done that. I know what that's like. I know what that feeling is of being really unbalanced and being in fear, but I've never endured the kind of scrutiny. I mean, mm-hmm. can you imagine like people like waiting outside your house or following you to the drugstore okay. or to Starbucks or wherever, it's really scary. I mean, nobody really can know what that must've been like for a very young woman also to be sexualized at that young age and mm-hmm. to have all of your relationships kind of picked apart at, at that young age. Mm-hmm. You know, I think everybody is pretty unbalanced in their early twenties and I myself, you know, hormones can really do a number on your emotions and your mental health too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was pretty heartbreaking to watch. I think also from the outsider's perspectives, um, everybody always would look at paparazzi and think it was a glamorous thing to be followed by paparazzi. You know, young Mm -hmm. starlets would go to Robertson Boulevard to get photographed, to have paparazzi chase them. But then at some point it gets so out of control, but an outsider doesn't know what that feels like. An outsider still thinks that looks glamorous, I think.
2: Yeah, of course, because it's something that comes, you're like, well, they're famous. It comes with the territory, but not it, not really. I mean, what comes with the territory is making your gigs, doing your performance, showing up. Um, what doesn't come with the territory is the onslaught of scrutiny mm-hmm. and unposed <clears throat> photographs and unconsent. It's not it's all about consent. Mm-hmm. Again, when people are not allowing you to just sit there and eat like that's really scary yeah um what scared me the most is she's like sitting trying to eat lunch or whatever and they're taking pictures like right next to her and I was like what the hell is that yeah and it's like a very um it's also a little bit like now watching it too it's like the 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 that's very important to have this, um, experience so that we don't do it again, Yeah, you know? So it's a lesson for the future.
0: Well, I think also your take on comedy and how, um, kind of censoring your comedy in a sense to be, um, to challenge you to be, you know, uh, more thoughtful with your comedy and less hurtful Mm -hmm. with your comedy is, is a contribution in that effort.
2: Yes, I hope so. I hope so, but it's something that it's like, we're always learning and we're always growing. And as a society, I've seen us learn and grow so much more, but also not, you know? And so that, that, you know, that we can see these things play out, whether it's George Floyd, whether it's all of the violence against black people for centuries, that we've allowed mm-hmm. and um, endorsed as a society. So, you know, it's like we've seen society get better, but we've also seen it not change at all.
0: Well, I mean, to the point of, you know, even your your fear for your older Asian parents and, and what's going on in that so area.
2: Talk it's about really that. It's really scary. Like the violence against um, Asian Americans around coronavirus, it's all around coronavirus and this idea that we are somehow at fault is really terrifying. And that the uh, the older generation is bearing the brunt of it is really so traumatic and it makes me so fearful. Um, I think that it's like this thing of like, the images that we're seeing of Asian Americans really are, whether it's Bling Empire, which I actually love, <laughs> or Crazy Rich Asians, which I also love. Um, or invisibility it's like of course there's got to be a scapegoat around coronavirus where there's so much poverty there's so much unemployment there's so much frustration there's got to be somebody that we can point to and look to to blame and but it's not asian americans i mean it's like not any person it's a disease it has no bias against who you are It's just something that's happened. I The the, the real victim, I mean, the real scapegoat is global warming and um, the way that we treat animals and the way that we sort of need to distance ourselves from the killing of animals and that sort of like brought about wet markets and brought about all of this sort of underground stuff where it's not regulated. There's no like ordinances in place to deal with cleanliness and sanit- sanitation around those issues that's what has caused the coronavirus are ignoring that we share the planet with other beings but it's uh, that are not human so that that's that's the real vic- that's a real villain yeah but the victim is all of us you know every everybody who has to deal with that
0: yep yeah. uh, Margaret, what's up next for you?
2: Well, I I she's going to
0: show you her well, love.
2: You take, we have to go for a walk, but <laughs> next today, uh, I have a bunch of different things that I'm doing just like I'm excited because Over the Moon um, is nominated for Golden Globe. So Congrats. I'm excited about that. I think that um it, it's really about waiting and writing and seeing What's going to happen? Um, you know, there's so much to sort of think about, like, what what's it going to be? I would love to tour again, um, but I'm just waiting till everybody's safe. So until then, I'll just be doing a lot of uh, podcasting, doing a lot of talking on um, streaming. I just did a streaming show on Valentine's Day. And so I'll do more of those and we'll see.
0: And brushing of the teeth for the animals.
2: So many toothbrush, they You know what's kind of gross is they all share one toothbrush. Oh. But I think they like it like that. We can
0: sterilize in
3: between. I, I, I think off air I have an assignment for Margaret.
0: Oh, you do? In uh-huh. the, the down. Okay. Well, Kevin is the um, career intuitive, so yeah, have, stand by for that. I don't want to give okay. it away. Um, such a pleasure. Um, I'm so happy to see you so happy and doing so well. Um, You can check out Over the Moon, an animated movie on Netflix that we talked about, obviously, where uh, Margaret stars alongside Ken Jeong, Sandra Oh, and John Cho, and others. Of course, it is nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Animated Motion Picture, like she said. You can check out her podcast, The Margaret Cho, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Acast. And for everything, Margaret, you can head to... Margaret Cho dot com. All right. So Margaret Cho. Oof. Wow. I am so blown away by how light yeah. she feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, she's gone through so much in her life. So much. Like so much heavy stuff. And you didn't go and over the
3: specifics. I mean, like what, if you do some research, you're raped with family, then molestation. And then even when she complained about the rape, they're like, who would want to rape? You, like someone who looks like you.
0: Well, then also her Korean family, you know, they kind of just wanted to not acknowledge it. And they're like, it's in the past. Stop thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, there were a lot, a lot of traumas. And you just, I mean, I have the chills just talking about it. I wanted to cry. You know, when people have gone through so much and they can find their way through Mm -hmm. and be as light as she is and not... And not angry or, you know, she's very supportive of people who are actually getting to do what she really wanted to do, mm-hmm. right? And, and not have those... Charges. Limitations that those mm-hmm. so other executives mm-hmm. gave, you are
3: referring to people that, uh, you know, when, when she kind of had her shot 30 years ago yeah. and was stopped... You know, but now the new generation is getting that chance, and yeah, she's a champion of it. She's
0: a champion. She's lifting them rather than being angry that it was yeah. taken away from her. Right. Um, it's such a great example for all of us to And, and you know, Maria, see. also,
3: it, it's not like this was an overnight process. She yeah. She had addiction. She had many issues and things she overcame
2: yeah. and
3: traumas, mm-hmm. you know, like, and she worked at it still works out but yeah I I, you know when I think of there's a couple of comics out there Maria from her time period that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars and they're miserable people yeah they were so successful and she's so happy
0: I think one one thing that really kind of struck me is the the idea that you know you you can be so affected by people's judgments on you right when you think of how executives told her she was too fat, or her face was too round, and then she became—it was bulimic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she had all of her, you know, internal struggles with trying to conform to what she was supposed to be. I mean, we're living in a bo- body positivity world now, right? Yep. That wasn't the case in her time, mm-hmm. and you know the toll that it took on her to try to fit in so she could achieve her dreams, right? Mm-hmm. And you think about Britney Spears trying to, you know, live her dreams and the toll all of the cruelty took on her. Um I think the the moral of the story is is everyone's a person and you should treat everyone kindly regardless of whether they're a celebrity, a gajillionaire or or, you know, a, a janitor like my dad or whatever. You you have to just be kind because there's still people.
3: You know, there's a word, Maria, you mentioned it a lot, and she mentioned it too, empathy. Mm-hmm. It's just simply about having empathy mm-hmm. for everybody. Mm-hmm. Try well, to, and it's hard when you're self-absorbed. you can It's hard to empathize with other people.
0: It's hard, but I think if we do live by the do unto others as you would do, do want done to you, or, mm-hmm. or whatever, the, you know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about, um, that will help guide you where your empathy is lacking. Right, Like a Craig Ferguson, as you heard her say... Had empathy because he had struggles with sobriety, it sounded like, right? Did I Mm -hmm. figure out that right Mm -hmm. and I remember it properly? So he was somebody who had struggled and instantly felt, oh, this doesn't feel right to me. And I am not going to do that to her. Um, So I think where your empathy may be lacking because of, you know, a lack of those experiences, try to always, um, you know, abide by that do unto others as you would want done to you.
1: You know, I think she's really brave too. I liked it. Like right at the top of the show, she talked about younger people taking a lead, but older people telling their stories. And I just yeah. think it's so incredible that she's come out and just been so open with all of this. So we all can learn from her. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I mean, that's so like, uh, she's just amazing. It's like, I think that that's such a huge lesson that so many people can take from her. It's like, if you, If you can tell your story and help someone
0: else through it, then do. Yep. I love it. All right, guys. That is it for us today. If you haven't subscribed here on YouTube and you enjoy this conversation, please join us here every single day. Um, You'll get notifications of what's coming up and you'll get to be a part of our Heal Squad. If you haven't joined us over on Patreon, here is what we do on Patreon. So every week you get an extra show. Um, you get ad free shows. And then also, of course, you're helping support us to keep the lights on. But you also get exclusive access in our heal workshops that we do monthly. So we have these amazing guests that we have on the show, um, these healers, these thought leaders, these gurus, they come in, they work with us. Um, These are people that charge umpteen thousands of dollars an hour to work with people. And for $10 a month, you get to be in there with them asking questions, engaging and exploring these things that you may never have gotten to explore like the recent one we did with Cindy Dale mm-hmm. the heart chakra opening like you know I feel like I if mean, you're in thing- LA or New York you kind of like start to like learn about these different kind of healing modalities but everywhere in between you're like heart chakra openings right where is the person that I'm going to talk to you about heart chakra openings like here in Connecticut <laughs> right, yeah. right? Yeah. so we're exposing you to those things and It is game-changing. I mean, this last one, there was tears, there was transformation, there was breakthroughs. Um, You owe it to yourself, I think, to join us here. And we obviously do keep it at such a low price point to make it accessible to everybody um, so that, you know, you can have those breakthroughs and you can keep working on yourself and and investing a little bit of time in yourself to to get better in all areas. So and
1: can I just add quickly, Marie? Yes. It's such a community. That's what I love mm-hmm. about Patreon. And I know so many people right now. It's lonely. Like yep. we've been in a pandemic for almost a year, you guys. Like holy it, shit. I know. <sighs> I know. It's lonely. And I think that's the coolest part about Patreon. I know so many of these people on here. Like connect offline, mm-hmm. on Instagram, on Facebook, whatever. It's like a new set of friends. And so, have been, become
0: our friends. By the way, shout out to Stephanie because I, know. I wanted to mention her in the Heel workshop the other day. But, um, you know, Stephanie has always been just that person with Kelsey being like, I can help. I can do this. I can do that. Yeah. And we just, it's like almost like you guys are helping build this show with us. And that means 1,000%. so much to us um, because it makes it. Feel better, And it feels like so much more fun. So, um, and you know, Carolyn making those amazing granola packages, which now because of the workshop, um, I think she's actually going to be building her, her proposal to so. to make that her, and, her kind of and you know, next Maria, job
3: to, to, to Stephanie and Carolyn, you know, a lot of the people have helped. We need the help. I mean, we put on a really big show here, but we do it out of pocket. We don't make profit and, uh, it's a lot. So every bit does really help us. It really helps us. And the, it, just if it's just donating to Patreon, then that's wonderful. And like you said, very game changing. And I would say even life changing mm-hmm. information. And a
0: great gift to give somebody oh, else, yeah, by the true. way. Yeah. So if it's somebody's birthday or whatever mm-hmm. the, the gift could be, it's it's a great gift to give someone. But if you can't even do that, like I said, sharing the show and helping us get the word out also is an incredible way to help support us. Um, sharing it on social media, subscribing on YouTube following us on better together with Maria all of these things are ways to 300 help us. away from yeah, 10,000 are we 300 away holy shit guys please help us get to 10,000 That's better together with Maria tell all your friends right now if they all just follow right now that's what I want for my birthday do we naked streak down 100%. the street 100% <laughs> yeah
1: done.
2: well can we
3: say that it's not a vanity play we really yeah. are working hard yeah. to give you valuable takeaway mm-hmm. whether it's a video whether it's a quote and you know we're hearing from people like these are the things that are really helping them through their days their weeks their months, their years. So yep. there's a lot of like game and life-changing information we're providing. We're working hard every day trying to. Yeah, on that. We're
0: working hard. <laughs> uh, you know what
3: yesterday was, Maria? What? Ash Wednesday. Ooh. To you Catholics? But you know, you know what? why that's really great news? I why? know. Kelsey knows. She didn't know at first. Because
0: we're how many days away from Christmas? Exactly. <laughs> no, because we get this little
3: Easter business out of the way and boom.
0: Christmas is next. We're racing no, right to Christmas. It's Halloween. Maria, and we have other days ex- to look forward to. St. Patrick's Day. Maria, Kelsey's birthday. Kelsey's birthday. Regular guy Friday. Regular guy Friday. Listen to me. Okay. It's
3: not, why did Kelsey turn me down? Because Wait, you yelled. You yeah, yelled. No, 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 you're fine. Listen, that, there's a compressor Guys, on that. Guys, no fighting. Okay. What I was going to say is, Maria, it's yes. not... Let's be clear. Mm. The Christmas season mm. starts with Halloween. That's the holiday season. Mm-hmm. So while I'm talking everything. You're talking
0: pre 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 so season. So we're really getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um can I say one more thing? Um I am going to be heading back west for a hot minute. So you guys will be seeing me coming to you from the West Coast studio for a hot minute. I got to get some work done back there. Um, But um, I think that was it. I was going to say something else and I totally forgot. Oh, um, so that was my point. On the flight, I'm going to be working on the next newsletter. So if you haven't subscribed to um, our newsletter, go to mariamenunos.com plug in your email, you will get our life manual and our medical manual that you will fill out for yourself and your family. And it is absolutely game changing and life changing. You need this in your life. Trust me. I've spent the last two decades perfecting these for myself Um, I've gotten Heidi Klum's before. I've gotten so many people's um, versions. We used to call it a black book. Mm -hmm. Um, Now it's the Better Together Life Manual and the Better Together Medical Manual. But um, it's a really great way to organize your life. And um, the medical manual was something that was born from my mom's recent hospitalization so that you can have all of that information that you need at, you know, in the palm of your hands very quickly. So subscribe to... That at Maria In the meantime, follow us at Better Together with Maria, please, and tell all your friends so we can get to ten thousand. Uh at Margaret underscore Cho, at Kelsmeyer too, at Stephen Lemieux Photo. And remember, be nice people, make good choices, drink your Dunkin' Ice Coffee <laughs> and be present.
3: And watch regular guy Friday tomorrow. Yeah. Well listen. Sorry, listen. Maria doesn't allow video.